الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومطاعنا محمد عبده ورسوله اما بعد فقد قال الله تعالى في القران المجيد والفرقان الحميد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لقد كان لكم في رسول الله اسوه حسنه لمن كان يرجو الله واليوم الاخر وذكر الله كثيرا صدق الله العظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اربع اذا كنا فيك فلا عليك ما فاتك من الدنيا صدق حديث وحفظ امانه وحسن خليقه وعفه في طعم او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ريسبكتد علماء الكرام ايلدرز بلوف برادرز ان اسلام وي ار ليفينج ان ا ورلد ويتش از اكستريملي اند انكريسينغلي سوبرفيشال outward beauty to become accepted to be looked up towards superficial appearance this is something that if we look at the multi not million billion dollar cosmetic industry will be a clear indication people want to look beautiful people want to be accepted when it comes to a muslim desiring beauty to be accepted this in itself is not problematic inna allah jamil yuhibbul jamal hadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is there that allah is beautiful there is nothing more beautiful than allah inna allah jamil yuhibbul jamal allah loves beauty when allah described rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the quran as our role model as our guide as our symbol the word is uswa which is qudwa uswa in other words whom you follow who is your role model your guide then interestingly in that verse also allah taala could have said rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam is the most perfect most complete most such an example which has no deficiency in it many many words could have been used to describe rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam as being your role model but interestingly here also the quran uses the word hasana for you without a doubt fi rasulillah in rasulullah muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is uswatun hasana is the most beautiful example beauty why many reasons pertinent to what we are discussing as muslims we have to understand not only are we required to practice upon islam and deen 
we are the ambassadors of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam on this earth. Every one of us is in charge of an advertising campaign. Every one of us is a representative of Islam and what it entails. And every one of us has to have in our heart this fikr and concern that this beautiful deen of Islam which I am practicing upon, how the whole of humanity can embrace it. People are interacting with us all the time and based on that interaction, opinions are being formulated. In their hearts, they are either becoming convinced of the beauty and attraction of Islam or as is unfortunately, ironically, majority of the case now, many of us have become a very poor advert about Islam. Instead of attracting people towards Islam, we are turning people off from Islam. In other words, coming back to what we were saying earlier, we have not beautified ourselves. Beauty is not only superficial. Beauty is inward beauty, external beauty, how you as a Muslim can become attractive to others. As Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when sahaba kiram imbibed within themselves the example of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then they didn't need to give any bayans, didn't have to engage in any debates about the haqqaniyat of Islam, Wherever they went, kunu mithlana, they would say, become like us. And in droves, people were attracted towards Islam. If we will imbibe within ourselves the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, then you and I, my respected brothers, will become not only complete and whole within ourselves, we will become beautiful ambassadors of Islam. People that interact with us will become attracted towards Islam. And this is a primary and a fundamental role of each and every one of us. Now the question is, our natures are such, is that we are always looking for a shortcut. Quran is more than 6,600 verses. A hadith of Rasulullah sallam, based on the various different chains of ahadith, there are millions of ahadith. So what do we practice upon? How do we fulfill this responsibility? In what aspect is Rasul Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qudwa, uswa, an example for us? What should we be placing emphasis upon? Our master sallallahu alayhi wa sallam cognizant of our weakness highlighted four things. Highlighted four things on a previous Juma, one or two months ago, because of the limitations and brevity of the Juma platform, we started discussing this hadith. We mentioned we were able to discuss two of the aspects found in this hadith. Two remain. Again, with time constraints, I'm going to concentrate on just one of the four. Two we have already passed, one we will discuss now. And then if Allah gives life an opportunity, the one more thing we will discuss. These four things, which our Master sallallahu alayhi wa sallam highlighted, my respected brothers, if you analyze them, it is almost the foundational principles of Islam. 
And in one riwayat it comes, Allah Ta'ala addresses insan, Yabna Adam, O insan, O insan, how much effort you are making to make yourself beautiful for people. Cosmetic industry, outward superficial beauty. Allah Ta'ala asks you the question, فَهَلْ تَزَيَّنْتَ ajli? Why don't you make yourself beautiful for my sake? Become beautiful in the eyes of Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And wallah, by the qasam of my Allah, the one who will incorporate within his life these four things. Not only will he be beautiful in the eyes of Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, سَيَجْعَلُ لَهُمُ الرَّحْمَانُ Allah will make him beautiful Allah will make him beloved to the entire humanity. Your family will love you. Your relatives will love you. Every person you come into contact will love you. And you will be a blaring, shining advert towards Islam if you will incorporate these four things in your life. Allah's Rasul like I said, gave us a shortcut. And how beautifully my Nabi put it. Arba'un. إِذَا كُنَّ فِيكَ فَلَا عَلَيْكَ مَا فَاتَكَ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا Allahu Akbar. You want to translate this in layman's terms? It's like how you tell somebody, listen, everything I told you, forget it, but don't forget this. Everything I told you, forget it, no problem, but don't forget this. Literal translation, my Nabi said, incorporate four things in your life. فَلَا عَلَيْكَ مَا فَاتَكَ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا And my ummati, you have lost nothing, you have got everything. Whatever else you didn't get, whatever else you didn't get, if you got these four things, you have lost in reality, you have got everything, you have not lost out in anything. What are the four things? Like I said, two we discussed in detail already. He said, صِدْقُ حَدِيثٍ صِدْقُ حَدِيثٍ When you speak, speak the truth. When you speak, speak the truth. And I'm digressing. Like, like I said, we discussed it already. I'm not going so much into the detail. But unfortunately, because speaking lies, being deceitful, has become so common amongst us. Bear in mind just one hadith. Where Rasulullah said, Ana za'imun, ana za'imun, ana za'imun. What this means? It means, I am your guarantor. Who? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In other words, come and demand it from me. Come and claim it from me. What? Ana za'imun bibaytin fi rabadil jannah liman tarakal kadib wa inka ana mazihan. He said that if you will give up speaking lies every time you open your mouth, you speak the truth. Even when you are joking, you speak the truth. Then on the day of judgment, come and demand from me your home in the middle of jannah. Come and demand from who? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Sidqu hadithin. Speak the truth. Hifdu amanatin. Become amanadar. In other words, don't be dokebaz. Do not be deceitful. Do not eat up the haq of others. Do not engage in treacherous speech and dealing. In fact, in the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the mafum of the hadith, he said, a mu'min... A mu'min, a mu'min, yutba'ul mu'min. Every sin is possible for my ummati. Every sin is possible for my ummati. But my ummati and a mu'min will never be a liar and he will never be dokebaz. 
There will never be one who misappropriates amanat. The first two, like I said, we discussed already. Third, which we are not going to go into detail now. Husnu khaliqatin. Husnu khaliqatin. Make your akhlaq, make your character good. Three things. Sidqu hadithin. When you speak, speak the truth. Hifdu amanatin. Look after, be amanadar. Be trustworthy. Have good akhlaq and character. And the fourth thing. Which will make you beautiful internally, externally. Beautiful in the eyes of Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Beautiful and beloved to humanity. Your dunya will be made, your qabr will be made, your akhirat will be made. If everything else you missed out, don't miss out on these four things. What was the fourth thing my Nabi said? Iffatun fi tu'matin. Iffatun fi tu'matin. Let your earnings and what you consume be halal. Halal earnings, halal kamana. Let your livelihood be halal. Temptations are there all the time. Quran tells you, قُلَّا يَسْتَوِ الْخَبِيثُ وَالطَّيِّبُ وَلَوْ أَعْجَبَكَ كَثْرَةُ الْخَبِيثُ قُلَّا يَسْتَوِ الْخَبِيثُ وَالطَّيِّبُ وَلَوْ أَعْجَبَكَ كَثْرَةُ الْخَبِيثُ This is an ajeeb verse in the Qur'an. In this is ishara. That haram will always be more. Why? Because this dunya is imtihan guys. Allah's examination room. Back, back door, lies, treachery, deception, getting involved in shady transactions. The Prophet will always appear to be more in haram. The Prophet will always appear to be more in haram. Classical example. Today, what is the biggest money spinners? Alcohol industry. One of the biggest money spinners. Classical example of what Quran is teaching us. Gambling industry. Very big money spinner. Lottery. Very big money spinner. Allah says, أَعْجَبَكَ كَثْرَةُ الْخَبِيثِ خَبَاثَتْ Filth. Haram will be plenty. But understand. لَا يَسْتَوِي الْخَبِيثُ وَالطَّيِّبِ Khabasat and filth and pure can never be equal. Let what you eat and what you earn be pure. Feed your family pure. Ahlul Jannati Thalathatun. Ahlul Jannati Thalathatun. My Nabi said, you want to know who is a Jannati? In this hadith is Ishara. Based on another Daif hadith. If we couple these two ahadith together, what he tells us? In Jannat, it one is Jannat. Jannat is... MashaAllah, what did my Nabi say? Innaha jinan. He says it's not one jannat, it's many jannats. In other words, many ranks. Wa innal firdaus al-a'la. Wa innal firdaus al-a'la. He said firdaus is the highest jannat. That jannat which Allah placed the chawi lock upon. No Nabi has seen that jannat. No angel has seen that jannat. On the day of judgment, Allah will say, Aitini bi hadiratil quds. Bring hadiratul quds. In other words, firdos. And Allah will make the iftitah, the opening ceremony of firdos only on that day. This is, this is what we call VIP jannat. In this jannat, one category will be who? That person who was poor, had a large family. Large family. He was poor. Had very little rosy and sustenance. 
Temptation for haram was there. Temptation to get involved in unlawful earnings were there. He kept himself on hardship, kept his family in hardship, made sabr on the little that he had, strove to keep his earnings halal. Understand, not tahajjud guzar, roze dar. This wasn't a man who whole night was making tahajjud, whole day was fasting. His entire life he strove to feed his large family halal, made iktifa and suffice on very, very little. Allah will not just give him jannat, Allah will give him VIP jannat. Allah will give him jannatul firdaus. One mafum of one hadith, it comes that there are certain gunas, there are certain sins. Your namaz and sadaqah will not be sufficient to get these sins forgiven by Allah. What will get these sins forgiven by Allah? The perspiration, the perspiration that will drip from your body in putting halal food in front of your family. Earning halal, this is not something to be taken lightly. Saad bin Mu'az is sitting in front of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. His hands had become emaciated through rigor. How? Pulling, physically pulling the rope in order to irrigate his land. He was a farmer by trade. So the hands had become demarcated, marked with harsh lines. My Nabi saw those hands, looked at it and said, Saad, how did this happen? He said, Ya Rasulullah, in earning for my family, the rigors of irrigating my land, cause my hands to become marked like this. What does my Nabi do? He takes those hands, puts it to his Mubarak lips, kisses the hands of Saad and says that that hand that has become like this because of putting halal earning in front of your family Allah has made the fire of Jahannam haram on these hands Allah has made the fire of Jahannam haram on these hands a laborer, a simple person goes from morning till evening he toils sometimes maybe on a construction site sometimes in some factory the society doesn't give him a second glance he doesn't hold much position or status he's an ordinary simple laborer earning a little halal earning which he puts in front of his family at the whole day end of the day he gets his payment maybe 50 rand 100 rand 1000 rand whatever it is is our shariat silent on this what is his payment in the heavens what is his maqam by Allah? What does my Nabi say? Man amsa kalan bi amali yadayhi amsa maghfuran lahu That person who worked an entire day, not sat in a masjid the whole day, was in a marketplace the whole day, but he was honest, he was trustworthy, he didn't lie, he didn't cheat, he stayed away from haram, he sweated. He perspired in the sun, Amsa became tired, Kallan, Amsa Kallan, by the evening he was tired. He got his wage in dunya, in the eyes of Allah and his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what did he get? Maghfuran lahu. My Nabi says, Allah wipes away all his sins. If he dies at that evening, he will die a jannati. His maghfirat has been made. That extent, that extent, Allah and His Rasul Wasallam have opened up the pathways of Jannat for us through halal earnings. Through halal earnings. Through halal earnings. Today partnership, which partnership is not in a problem? 
which partnership there is in arguments which partnership there is in duplicity yet what does shariat say yaqul allah ta'ala allah says hadith qudsi my nabi sallallahu says allah says ana thalithu sharikain when two muslims enter into a partnership deal when two muslims enter into a partnership deal there is so much barakah in this allah says i become their third partner they are not just partners with one another they are partners with allah allah is in that partnership but to when how long ma lam yakhun ahaduhuma sahibu until one of them doesn't open the door of khianat until one of them doesn't open the door of deception until one of them doesn't open the door of lying and treachery the moment that happens allah says kharajtu min bainihima then i am no longer their partner now this partnership will earn him jahannam he is feeding the coals he is feeding himself the coals of jahannam my nabi enters into the marketplace someone is selling grain overnight there was some rain inferior grain is that which has become soiled with rain water pure grain is the dry one what this person did he put the dry grain on top the inferior grain in the bottom sahibe wahi muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam walks up to this man puts his hand inside the barrel digs deep till he finds the soil inferior one in the bottom then he turns to that businessman and gives you and i a sabak till qiyamah when it comes to your earnings when it comes to your earnings when it comes to your earning afala ja'altahu fawqa at-ta'am why didn't you put the inferior one on top why did you put the inferior one in the bottom and then what does my nabi say man ghashana man ghashana man ghashana he didn't say if you don't make salah he didn't say if you don't give your zakat he didn't say if you get involved in zina he didn't say if you get involved in looting someone he said man ghashana the one who deceives the one who deceives in the marketplace falaysa minna he is not from the ummah of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is not my ummati he can never be my ummati man baiban lam yubayyinhu my nabi said when you will sell something and that thing what you are selling is defective what you are selling is defective lam yubayyinhu you didn't reveal the defect you knew it was defective you hid it man baiban lam yubayyinhu you pull the wool over the eyes of your customer the whole world will tell you chabash mashallah what a businessman you made the deal happen you hoodwinked him what does my nabi say what does my nabi say man baiban lam yubayyinhu the one who sold something defective did not reveal the defect lam yazal fi maqatillah he will perpetually be in the anger of allah walam tazalil malaikatu tal'anuhu and allah's malaika will be constantly cursing such a person constantly cursing such a person abu huraira radiyallahu anhu walks into the marketplace of madina munawwara someone is selling milk what did he do he mixed the milk with water he mixed the milk with water abu huraira notices this addresses that man and says to him oh my brother what are you doing kayfa bika think about that day think about that day that is coming 
when Allah will call you in His court, and Allah will say to you, separate the milk and water. Separate the milk and water. Are you going to be able to do that? A Muslim doesn't keep only profit and loss in front of him. A Muslim keeps his akhirat in front of him. Today, unfortunately, we have become the living embodiment of the prophecy of Rasulullah sallallahu where he said, "Yati ala nasi zamanun la yubalil maruma akhada amin al halal amin al haram." He said, "A time will come. A time will come. A time will come. My ummah will not care." They will not care where the wealth is coming from. Whether it is halal or haram will be no consideration. Kaan kol kar sun lena. Listen with the ears of Iman. Allah protect you, Allah protect me. Mafum of the hadith. Allah says the one who does not care where his earnings are coming from, I will not care through which door of Jahannam he enters. The one who will not care where his earnings are coming from. Allah says, Mafum of the hadith, I will not care through which door of Jahannam he enters. Charity is in its place. Abdullah bin Mubarak rahimahullah. Abdullah bin Mubarak rahimahullah. Listen to this. He says, I would prefer, I would prefer, I would prefer returning back one penny doubtful that I took of someone's. I would prefer this to the act of giving 600,000 dinars in charity. Time is very limited. My respected brothers, what greater example than that person who my Nabi said, my Nabi said, the doors of Jannat will call out his name. Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Famous incident. As the Shaykh Rahmatullah Ali mentions it in his Hayatu Sahaba, in his Fazail Amal. Mala Yusuf Sahab Rahmatullah Ali mentions in his Hayatu Sahaba also. He had a slave who used to earn his livelihood in the old days. How he used to earn it? By engaging in astronomy, which was haram. Later on, he made toba. But one day he goes out, he comes across, they're having a wedding function. They were owing him some money. So they invited him and they gave him some food. In other words, haram, because it was the produce of astrology. He brings it in the evening. Abu Bakr normally, radiallahu anhu, every day he would ask this person, where did this food come from? How did you earn it? Today he was very hungry. Very hungry. So he didn't ask. He took one morsel, ate it. Then he asked. Before he could ask, the slave asked him, Abu Bakr, normally you ask me, today you didn't ask me? He says, I was very hungry. But in any case, tell me. When he explained where it was, Abu Bakr gets the shock. Now look at the reaction. This is that person, my Nabi said, the doors of Jannat will call out his name. Look at the ihtiyat, to stay away from haram, to stay away from haram, to stay away from haram. What does Abu Bakr do? He tries to vomit out the one morsel. It's not coming out. He starts drinking water, and then drinking water, and then drinking water. Eventually he's able to vomit out the one morsel. People are there. Abu Bakr almost killed himself. They said, subhanallah. Glory be to Allah. Min ajli hadihi luqma. Such a effort you made because of one morsel. He said, I heard, I heard, I heard from the lips of my master sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Kullu lahmin nabata min suht fannaru awla bihi fakhashitu. 
an yambuta shay'un min jasadi min hadhihi al-luqma he said i heard from the lips of the master sallallahu alaihi wasallam that whatever flesh is replenished by haram jahannam will touch that flesh i feared that this luqma will enter my bloodstream it will form some part of my body how is abu bakr going to be saved from jahannam law lam takhruj law lam takhruj illa ma'a nafsihi la akhrajtuha i take qasam on allah if my life went in taking out this morsel i would have given my life but i would not have allowed this morsel of haram to remain in my body hadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam famous hadith my nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam said inna allah tayyib inna allah tayyib inna allah tayyib allah is pure allah is pak allah is clean la yaqbal illa tayyiba allah will only accept that which is clean pak and pure wa inna allah ta'ala amara almu'minin bima amara bihi almursalin allah didn't just order the believers he ordered the anbiya what referring to the verse of the quran ya ayyuhar rusul kulu minat tayyibat wa amalu saliha inni bima ta'maluna alim wa qala ya ayyuhalladhina amanu kulu min tayyibati ma razaqnakum mursalin mu'minin anbiya ordinary believers both I addressed in the Quran anbiya I address ya ayyuhar rusul o oh, o oh my nabis o oh my nabis o oh the anbiya kulu minat tayyibat make sure your eatings and your earnings are halal tayyib pure Quran uses the word pure why because that which is haram is najis it is filth there should be a level of reprehensibility today with absolute ease the businessman who thinks mashallah he's the academia what's the difference what's the difference between islamic banking and non islamic banking what's the difference between entering into a loan of interest or another type of loan quran tells us quran i'm not going into the masail of islamic banking that we should ask our ulama if we are happy or not happy but to equate the two something is called islamic if it fulfills the criteria of islam and something is un-islamic how can the two ever be equal how can the two ever be equal when my allah says quran warns us qalu innamal bay'u mithlur riba innamal they will say normal transaction is equal to riba what is the difference ahallallahu albay allah made normal transaction shari'i transaction halal wa harrama riba and allah made riba haram for you to say the two are equal your iman is in khatra For you to say the two are equal, your iman is in khatra. You are taking urine and milk and equating the two. Allah made one halal, it is pure. Allah made one haram, it is impure. Never try to equate the two. Never try and justify. Coming back to this verse, Allah addresses the ambiya. Ya you are rasul. Ya you are rasul. Oh my ambiya. Kulu minat tayyibat. Eat from the pure. Wamalu saliha. Ajib. Quran is ajib. Allah says, eat. from the pure and do good deeds mufassirin say there is a direct link today people say i find it hard to wake up for tahajjud i find it hard to read quran i find it hard to make ibadat why why because there is a link between your earnings what you eat and your amal eat pure doing good deeds will become easy for you 
Eat pure for your family also. Neki imandari will become easy. Next verse, my Nabi recites, Ya yuhalladina amanu, kulu min tayyibati ma razaknakum. O people of Iman, eat of the pure which we have given you. Stay within halal. Stay within halal. Consult the ulama, whether it's banking, whether it's ordinary transaction, whatever it is. Consult the ulama, the ulama of haq. Get your direction. Stay away from haram. Stay away from temptation. Look at the example. Look at the loss. Time is very limited. I'm already running out of time. Ajib hadith. If we take nothing else, take this away from them. Take this much away. My respected brothers, today we want, when we are facing problems, facing depression, facing hardship, facing financial difficulty, what is the marham? What is the solution? Solution is dua. Turn to Allah. Turn to Allah. And dua, dua is like a key. Key, when you put it in the lock, if the ridges are not right, it's not going to work. Allah accepts the du'as. Allah is very merciful. But we want guaranteed acceptance. What is guaranteed acceptance? The ridges must be right. The ridges must be right. Saad bin Abi Waqqas, radiallahu ta'ala, who asked my Nabi, he said, Ya Rasulallah, Allah and yaj'alani mustajab da'wa. What an ajeeb request. He says, O Nabi of Allah, I want you to make dua for me. What dua? Make dua that Allah makes me such that whenever I make dua, Allah accepts my dua. Make dua that Allah makes me mustajabu dawa. My Nabi could have just made dua for him. But what does my Nabi tell him? The ridges of the key have to be correct. He says, Ya Saad, Atib Mataamak, Atib Mataamak, Takun Mustajabad Dawa. Make sure your earnings are halal. What you eat is halal. And I, Muhammad Sallallahu guarantee you, you will raise your hand and whatever you ask will be answered. Takun Mustajabad Dawa. وَالَّذِي نَفْسُ مُحَمَّدٍ بِيَدِهِ إِنَّ الرَّجُلُ لَيَقْذِفُ فِي جَوْفِهِ لُقْمَةً مِنْ حَرَامٍ مَا يُتَقَبَّلُ مِنْهُ عَمَلُهُ أَعْمَلُ أَرْبَعِينَ يَوْمًا then my Nabi took an oath on Allah. He says, I take qasam on Allah, O Saad. When one morsel of haram enters your body, forget, leave your duas, your salah and your ibadat for 40 days will not be accepted by Allah. Your salah and ibadat of 40 days will not be accepted by Allah. And, ayyuma lahmin nabata min suht bihi That flesh which is replenished with haram, jahannam becomes, has greater right over that flesh. To complete this hadith, look at the example my Nabi gives. The hadith we mentioned earlier. He says, Rubba ash'ath. He said, Thumma dhakar ar-rajul. Allahu Akbar. This hadith, unfortunately, time is very limited. Very quickly, I'm going to go through it. There are four things which we find in ahadith which make your du'as very, very likely to be accepted immediately. Four things. One is suffer. When a man is on suffer, Nabi Salaam said, Thalathu da'wat mustajabat la shakka fi hinna. He said, There are three du'as which are Mustajab accepted la shakka fihinna. There is no doubt in it. One of the three dawatul musafir is the dua of a person on suffer. Second thing which makes dua accepted is when a person adopts humility, when his appearance is disheveled. Rubba ash'ath, agbar, madfu'um bil adbab, the timrain. 
لو اقسم على الله لا ابره حديث my nabi said when a man is disheveled full of dust his hair is scattered he has a simple appearance people chase him away from their door if he takes a qasam on allah allah will accept when nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to come out for dua of rain kharaj an nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam fi dua al istighfa istisqa it's mentioned in the riwayat kharaja mutadarri'an mutabaddilan mutawadi'an my nabi would purposely make his appearance disheveled because this was a means for the acceptance of dua so two duas are definitely accepted one a musafir one a person who has a disheveled appearance third sabab and means for the acceptance of dua is a man who stretches his hands to the heavens it comes in the hadith rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said innallaha hayyun kareem my allah is full of haya he is very generous idha rafa arrajul yadayhi ila sama When a man raises his hands in dua towards the heavens Allah Taala says Allah has sharam and haya an yaruddahuma sifrain khaibatain Allah becomes embarrassed this is for our understanding literal translation Allah is free of such emotions but for understanding my nabi says Allah becomes embarrassed to reject such a dua when a man raises his hands to the heavens fourth means by which dua is accepted when a person insists insist calling allah rabb calling allah rabb ya rabbi ya rabbi ya rabbi marfu riwayat of aisha radhiyallahu ta'ala anha she says rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam it said idha yaqulur rajul fi dua ya rabbi arba'an a man raises his hands in dua and then he says ya rabbi ya rabbi ya rabbi ya rabbi four times Allah responds labbaik ya abdi i am present my slave sal tu'ta ask whatever you ask for will be granted four means by which dua is very likely to be accepted i'm mentioning them again one is when a man is a musafir the other is when a person has a disheveled appearance thirdly when a man raises his hands to the heavens fourthly when a man insists with allah using the term ya rabbi ya rabbi now come back to this hadith thumma dhakara ar-rajul my nabi mentioned about a man thumma dhakara ar-rajul he described this person yutilu as-safar this man was a musafir not just a musafir he went on a long journey yutilu as-safar ash'atha aghbar his appearance was disheveled Rafa'a yadayhi ila as-samaa he raised his hands to the heavens and he said ya rabbi ya rabbi all four all four asbab and means for the acceptance of dua is found in this man but what is the problem rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said mat'amuhu haram mashrabuhu haram malbasuhu haram ghudhiya bil haram his clothing was of haram sources his food was from haram sources his earning was from haram sources his sustenance was from haram sources every means for the acceptance of dua is there but muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam doesn't just say allah will not accept his dua he says fa anna yustajabu li dhalik layman's terms mahal hai it is impossible that his dua will ever be accepted by allah we want to become hum to mail bakaram koi sail hi nahi allah is waiting we want the solution we want the panacea we want the door to the heavens to be open we want our dunya and akhirat to be made four things amongst these four things my respected brothers halal kamana halal kamana halal kamana 
Let your earnings be halal. Let your earnings be halal. Resist the temptation. Dunya is temporary. Halal earnings will get you the maqam of anbiya. Halal earnings will get you jannatul firdos. Halal earnings will make you mustajabu da'wad. May Allah accept. Make it easy for us.